So one day we're going to hopefully do video. And um, here's why I say that. Because um, I wasn't asking for like response, but we were dancing in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yes, that song's too good. I love the groove to it. It's like it just makes me happy. Yeah, Raina, Raina actually said, she goes, it, fa- it makes me feel happy. And we pray that, that that happens to you guys, that it does, that it makes you feel happy. When you push play, we have no idea what's happening to, for your day. Maybe you just woke up. Maybe you're on your way home. Uh, maybe you're laying down in bed and you just take a deep breath and you hear that music. Maybe it just just the music, yeah, right, just sets the pace. We are so yeah. thankful. Listen, this this ep, um this podcast is so new, but already at least me already I am just hearing so many thank yous, encouragements, thumbs up. Oh, good. I ran into somebody just yesterday right out here in the parking lot and he said, "I just have one question for you." And I was like, what? You know, like matching the the, the loving Aww. intensity. And he goes, where were you 20 years ago? Aww. Oh, wow. You know, and I said, the same place you were trying to figure <laughs> this out. <laughs> So here's what we know. We don't we don't claim to be um, experts on no, this. No, not at all. If, if anything, um, we're just sort of bringing to you our failures, um, our experience, mm. and yeah. we only want to be just um, servants in this. Obviously, yes. so who's in the room is is with us is of course Raina Smith Woo-hoo! is here. Uh, we have Rayleigh Miller and Jacob Miller. Hi. Hey. hey. I love that because um, they give such a new and fresh perspective. Yes. And then, of course, um, Rayleigh, having been in ministry and worked with a lot of families and children and also building um, from the ground up, Waterstone Academy is like in the thick of hearing from moms and dads. And so having sort of that spectrum of voices and experience here um, is so vital. All right, let's jump right into this. Yes. So over the past, I don't know, maybe it's because we've been talking about a family podcast. Here's what I've heard um, from parents that are either newly married or thinking about becoming married. They're like, should I really have kids like in this world today? Wow. And it's like, a, they're they're not like, they're asking, but they're almost making a fearful statement. Yeah. Like they're, they're asking, like, should I? But like I, they almost know the answer, but they're making a statement. And of course, I'm like, absolutely, you should have kids. And then, of course, you know, you just share the scripture, but they're like, well, well things are just so crazy mm-hmm. nowadays. And there's so much this and that and this and that. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that I, I want to do that. So this is the title, How Do You Raise Godly Children in a Godless World? And there are so many ways we could go with this, right? I could have talked about Daniel and the little bit we know about how he was raised and, of course, kidnapped um, and just how much of an influence he was. Let's just jump right into this, Mm. okay? We have six little points I want to share with you today. And we're going to entertain some questions. We're going to just talk this through. So I want to I want to dive right in. Are you ready for this, little Raina? I think so. I, I know you are. Okay, here we go. No, number one. So how how do I raise God uh, godly children in a godless world? Well, here's what we've learned. Okay, you have to let your life be the teacher, 
before the world is their classroom. Yeah. Yes. We have to live it. We have to live it. Because I know I know where that question's rooted in. The question's not so much rooted in the home, like the question being, should I have kids? It's not rooted in the home. Like they're they're kind of solid, if you will, about not their parenting skills, because they don't they haven't have kids yet. But they're like, my home's okay, but it's what happens when they leave the house? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what bathroom are they gonna go into and competing in sports? Um what's on their screen? What's on their screen, the, the voices in their head, the bullying that takes place, just yeah. the violence that's out there. So here's what we know. You have to let your life be the teacher. I want to say that again before the world is their classroom. Yes. We didn't set out to be homeschoolers, did we, Raina? No. I can still remember we started a little we school at our first church and I can still remember some homeschool moms walking in, and I was like, all right, good for you, but not for me. <laughs> I mean, that really was our attitude, and we can't say that enough because yes. um, we now, obviously, the journey that, that God had put it on, it was is ordained, yes, like every sure step of the is. way. But yeah. we weren't, we didn't walk into that journey like, woohoo, no. let's do that. Like, no. we actually kind of fell into it. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and by the way, We School stands for weekday early education. Everybody's going like, what is that? (laughs) And that was a big step of faith for us um, to start that school. And so anyway, but here's what we know. The world's still going to be their classroom. Yes. And to some extent, that's okay. Like it needs to be. That's where they're going to learn so many other skills. But mom and dad, you have to learn how to be the teacher of that. And so I guess what scared me about homeschooling is I stink at so many subjects. Like I was really good at PE and all the other subjects, not so much. I think I was only good at like going out and playing math, English, you know. And so so that was a legitimate question we asked, like, oh, when we get to this level of math. And I guess that's kind of funny with our family. Raina and I aren't the best at math. Raina's better than I am, but neither one of us are great at math. Now, your dad was. Your dad was phenomenal. Our girls are good at math, and we're like, where'd they get that from? Um, But we were always like, who's going to teach them these hard subjects? Okay, so hang on. Here's my point in that. That's not what we mean by let your life be the teacher. No, not at all. Deuteronomy 6 says this, "You, you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. Okay, so mom and dad has to be in you before it can come out of you. Mm -hmm. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Here's the point. I've said it all the time when we talk about this topic. Um, Every home is a homeschool. Yes, no matter what, because everybody has a different story, whether they do homeschool, public school, private school, hybrid school, whatever that calling is for a family. Um. Those kids need to have on their biblical worldview glasses. Boom. No matter what. No matter where you send them into. Because, yes, yes, our kids went in straight into UCF. Yes. But culturally, it wasn't a shock to them at all. They thrived in culture because of just daily living, exposure, Mm. conversations that had already been had in the home. Right. And we didn't stray from them. We yeah. didn't, you know, say, oh, we don't talk about this. Yes, at certain ages, you expose them to certain things at different times. But it was important that it came from us first. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Rayleigh? Do you remember that? I do, actually. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is like... um 
I think a lot of parents might feel like, okay, we're going to put them in private school or we're going to put them in homeschool because we're going to have the most control of their education. Now, this is true. Just by nature of that, you're going to have the more proximity in real time to your child as they are engaging in learning. So you're just giving yourself ample time in order to have these conversations. But the truth is you always have to be their teacher because the world will always be their classroom. Right. But like any good teacher, you kind of know what you're going to be teaching over the year and what the assessments are going to be. And if that makes any sense, if you think of it in that way, that's how you know when the age appropriate conversations are. Because I can remember growing up, like there were certain things that were going on and it was normally either around us in culture, like we had different conversations in San Diego versus we had in Texas <laughs> and, that, and those kind of things, because the classroom around us, you guys knew that there was going to be different assessments coming up. And so thus yes. you tailored your curriculum, those conversations, those moments, maybe movies that we watched or books that we would read as ways in order to enter into that conversation. But your yes. life always was the teacher, because I think with the simplest reality, if we could grasp it and remember it, that is the most transformational to being a teacher of faith is that God is always at work. Mm. And if we really remembered that God was always at work, we would be looking for it. Oh, yes. That's why Jesus taught in parables. And it was because he, God's always at work. And so you would pull from, oh, you guys are harvesting. Here's what God does with oh, the yes. harvest. You guys are growing. This is what God does with growing. You guys are having sibling fights. Well, let me tell you about the prodigal son and his brother. Like, yes. it was yeah. like if you have this lens on that God is always at work, the world is their classroom, but I get to see that, then you can measure, okay, let's bring in this conversation and let's do this. Now, I will say being a mom of like a little person, like these first years, I really think God just allows them to be so simple in their communication so the parents can have more training. That's funny. Um, But there's so many moments where I'm sitting here having a conversation with the Lord in my head. Mm. And I could be sitting there going like, wait, why am I not just practicing talking out loud about this? Okay, great point. And I think that that's the simplest thing is I think there's so many big moments that we're experiencing with God, but we're experiencing the privately as parents. Yes. And we have to be able to know that um, culturally we need to be aware and open to those conversations and have already established um, that conversation with our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're not in practice of having conversations with our kiddos, it's going to be odd, yeah, maybe uncomfortable to go ahead and just press in and go, hey, yeah, notice that you were, you know, for us, we were in the dance world and you even went to a dance mom's competition. And it's amazing that we had to have those conversations versus lifestyles in San Diego or homelessness or prostitution. I'm guessing the question would be like from I I got the experiential side of it. But my guess is like, did you guys realize so you already had a natural conversation with us? A lot of them happened in the car. I remember that for sure. Um, But how often did you guys like prepare in advance for these conversations? Meaning like, did you guys have like the sit down moment and be like, yo, we need to introduce this to the girls? Or was it really just prayer wisdom. And then when the Lord opened the door, you did like, what did preparation for those conversations look like? I just start laughing because it's like the first thing that comes to my mind is Santa Claus. Yeah. Why? That was hilarious because remember that she was in dance team at, at, you know, eight years old competition team. And, you know, we had, you know, for us as a family, we kind of, you know, we didn't stray away from, you know, Santa or the tooth fairy. That was just kind of our little choice. But of course, we were able to have that conversation. 
with um, the girls. But at that time, we did plan like, how are we going to share this? You know, but no, a lot of times it was just a natural um, part of our DNA of how we communicated with you guys. Like, hey, this is a teaching moment. Hey, you need to put this in your toolbox. What gave you the confidence to have those conversations, though? Um, Just knowing that you're going to need to know. Um, just like we're always on teacher mode, like, hey, we learned from this. This was a difficult conversation that we had today. You guys may run into this in leadership or when you're working with friends. You need to have this of what we've just learned Mm -hmm. in this conversation. Because, you know, many times I'm like, wow, I'm learning this today. I had to go through this today. I mean, I shared that with y'all. So whenever you did experience Maybe that particular topic or something to that, you had that in the back of your mind like, okay. I think, you know, Raina's obviously uh, 100% accurate. I think the answer is both. Okay. Yeah. Meaning, were we, did we prepare for them? Some. Were we, um, did they just happen because we knew? Yes. But I think what Raina's is saying is um, we didn't mind being very open and transparent and honest about the conversation and, and as well as we thought ahead. Yes. So many parents uh, react the mm-hmm. day of or the, the child comes home from school, which is how we bumped into homeschooling. Um, you, we realized when you came um, home from school afterwards that we were spending more time unlearning in your head what you had just learned. And we were like, this has to stop. Like, we have to start putting it in her head first mm-hmm. um, instead of trying to pull out and then put back in. So it was both um, conversations that we that we just had. So I think a lot of times parents, yeah, they're so busy. I get it. Especially like, say, a single mom um, or, you know, a family of four or five that's all really young. Uh, it's hard for you to think about your job and then think about this. But as parents, you got to start thinking way ahead of time. Like, yes. if you've been to a destination before and somebody asks you how to get there, mm. you can say, "Oh, at exit thirty-four, there's going to be this restaurant." Then, you're, then you're not going to have another restaurant for another fifty-two miles. So, if you're going to use the bathroom, go then. That's good, right? So, it's kind of like as parents, we've walked their age before. Yeah. So, we need to say, "Hey, at age nine, I, you're going to you can expect yes. to feel this." And so it's to both. equip yourself, like say. Jim Burns has a book called Confident Parenting. Yeah, it's a great, you know, great book. You have to equip yourself as a parent as well. I mean, it's and and both. Right. You know, because you're always ever learning of how to be a better parent. Yeah. You know, none of us have arrived. And so it is always good to glean from, you know, strong, maybe, you know, discipleship to find out, okay, what is coming you know, around the corner that I don't know about. Yeah, and I think that the scriptures also say it right there, which is why I kind of emphasized it when I read it in Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. It said, um, these words will be on your heart. Yes. So as mm. a parent, you're already praying, like God put in me what needs to come out of me at that stage of life, you know, for my children. Mm. Um, so I, would, I have to mention this. Like, I'm just looking at how, like, there's so much here. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't know we could talk this much. I mean, I'm, I mean, I knew we could. So, all right. So I think what we're going to do in, like, these first few episodes is just sort of really give you guys, like, the overall strategy um, of things like some of these things, but then like we could, we literally could come back and yes. go on just this point when I'm, I'm like looking at this now and I'm like, oh my goodness, like I want to go here, 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 here. Yeah. Um, but I want to make sure we're faithful today to give you guys these six things that you can write down and just know, like write this down. 
Well, you'll be able to come back and see that we're each one, one, two, three, four, five, six are going to be future episodes. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, here's number two, which we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this one. Um, and and actually number two and three. And and to be honest, when we hit point six, we're going to come right back to point one. Okay. So I know the parents are like, oh man, I was taking good notes. Just trust me. Hang on. So by the time we end this, we're coming back to right where we started. So here's another one. Pray for your children. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you guys like to pray for uh, myself and two or three other folks that are helping me. Um, I'm still writing a book about how to bless your children. Mm. And in that, I have selected 365 verses um, that you can pray over your child on a like one prayer mm. and one verse on a daily basis. Mm. Because when I say pray for your children, a lot of us don't really know how to pray. Yeah. Mm. Like what do I specifically pray beyond protect them, help them, grow them, and guide them? It's all about discovering the child's bend, um, you know, which is Waterstone Academy. Start with the bend in mind, like knowing what, how your child is shaped, where God may have uh, created and crafted them to go and to be one day. Your prayers are like a chisel. Yeah. Your prayers are like a hammer. Your prayers, your prayers are, are like guides and guards. But on a daily basis, so, so what do I do now? Like until that book comes out, all right, I get that. Just just say, Lord, help me know how to pray for my child. Randy, you probably do that the best specifically. Um, do you have any advice on, on praying for your children? I think as we pray for our children, we have to seek guidance ourselves. Uh, yeah. Many times we think it's just a prayer for our children, and we don't realize that we need to pray that the Lord prepares us mm, yeah. to be the parents that they need that they need mm -hmm. in yeah. order to protect them. Mm. There may, may be things that need to be revealed in our own lives right. that's going to protect them in the future. Mm. Right. Maybe right. a parent is living a certain lifestyle or has a certain habit, and they don't realize that later on that may harm their children's walk. Right. They don't realize it now. No. But yeah. So uh -huh. part of praying for your children it, it starts with guidance in your own life as a couple. Yeah. I, did, I think we said that in episode one, right? It, uh, the question was, what do I need to become for this child? Yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. And praying, yes, praying, um, as you say, circumspectly for your children. Oh, I love that word. And just realizing that they are going out to give them discernment, to yeah. give them that, yeah. that like, oh, wow. You know, I'll, I used to tell y'all, like, remember that little, you just have this feeling in your belly that it just doesn't feel right if you're at a friend's house mm -hmm. and they may not be watching something that's appropriate. I said, pay attention to that voice that because was good that advice. is yeah. the voice of the Holy Spirit yeah. giving you that sensitivity of right and wrong. That was probably yeah. the most vital thing for me growing up was you giving the Holy Spirit, the feeling of the Holy Spirit a name. Mm. Um, because there's so many times that wow. I think even as an adult, you're sitting there going like, was that my own gut? Was I just nervous? Is this restlessness? And having a parent constantly help you identify what that was by giving it a name, like that was anxiousness. That was the Holy Spirit. That was restlessness because of disobedience. This was fear because God's asking you to do something. Wow, hard. that's good. Yeah. Like that is somebody else giving you that vocabulary because right now, like we're teaching Benjamin how to speak. So we're identifying everything by a name. Mm. And so it's the same thing, okay. except it starts off with physical objects and then it gets more and more less material because 
believe it or not, spiritual things are actually reality. So you're moving from what is seen to what is unseen, giving them that vocabulary day over day. As I'm listening to this, I really feel like prayer for your children is the vehicle for the first point. Like Mm. taking time to actually pray for your child because it's a conversation that leads to conversion and where you're allowing God to change you in the process. And then that's actually what's going to give you the heads up on, oh, this is what comes next. This is maybe a conversation I should have because you're practicing a conversation with your father. You are then able to have a conversation with your child. Yes. And so I feel like it's the main vehicle for training yourself, but also giving yourself the resources through scripture and other things to give that fuel and that material for those conversations. So either one, you're ready whenever it comes out of nowhere or two, you're prepared for it in advance as you see it coming. So I feel like this is the vehicle for the second one. I, wow. That's one spot on spot. Okay. I have to say this, like, I know she's my daughter and and nobody's (laughs) paying me money, but I'm blown away. Like every time you speak, I want to ask, where were you in my life 20 years ago? (laughs) I mean, I know where you were. You were five. Um, That that's phenomenal, Rayleigh, but no, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay, so we want to be good with your time. We're all going to come back to that because I I really think number two can be an entire episode on how how to pray and what that means. Here's number three, um, model marriage. Mm. Yeah. Now, hang on. That doesn't mean you'll, you will ever have a model marriage. <laughs> you won't. No, none of us do. Uh, but you, you do need to model marriage because... Um, that's where children learn intimacy. That's where they learn conversation. Like they're watching mom and dad relate. They're watching. I literally had a conversation with a dad the other day. That he he literally said this. Like I realized um, my tone in the house was not. How did he say it? It wasn't like angry, like he didn't come in and shout, but just the way he said intense. things. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. More intense. And he says, he says, I'm just now seeing that oh, in my wow. kids. Yeah. And it wasn't like overwhelmingly negative, like my kids are becoming destructive and they're going to juvie. It wasn't like that. He just said, man, just something subtle like that, that um, I could have paid attention to. My point is they pay attention to the subtleties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really do. And so just pray for, pray to uh, how to model your marriage. And we don't mean like a model marriage, meaning... Um, husband and wife are not always going to agree. They're they're not always going to be on the same page. They're going one's going to come home tired and frustrated. Well, that's okay. Admit that to your kids. Just mm-hmm. say, you know, one day you're going to be here. Like you're going to run into a frustrating day, or it's going to be a difficult this or that, or you've had a hard conversation, and you're watching. If the dad is saying this, you're watching mommy and I work this out. Mm-hmm. So this is what a marriage does. A marriage has somebody to talk to to work these things out. And um, even here in the family, you, as you watch us, you're learning how to sort these things out. Does yeah. that make sense? Totally. Because, I mean, and, even professional athletes have playbacks. You know uh, what I mean? Yes. Like, if you think there about it. There you go it, again. I'm sorry. It's true. Right, but, like, going. if you think about it, like, even the most professional athletes, the top of their class, still go back and watch their plays. And then they're able to say, okay, because of the context of the situation, this is why I made that decision that I did. But mm. now I see differently. But the wow. thing is, is they had a basic foundation of the rules as well. Yeah. Mm. And mm. Um, I the, know, they know for, how the game's supposed to be yes, played. And for our house, I think a basic foundation of, um, no, we didn't always negotiate the best. You know, we may like pout or not talk or whatever. 
but never any yelling. Right. Yeah. Never any outside, like, you know, foul language. Right. Any of that. There has to be a baseline negotiation principle. Mm -hmm. Right. And some things are non-negotiables. Right. Yeah. No matter how you're feeling on the inside. Because some people would say like, oh, Pastor Ron said, come in and negotiate. I, For some reason, I just feel led to say, you can't come in and just blow up. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. So we may take it for granted that you know, we may be talking as like, okay, we've had these disagreements. We've had to work through things. We've had to both mature in our walk. Yeah, but we, that never meant like never any yelling because volume no. never increased understanding ever. No, yeah. it really yeah. doesn't. And and so for us, whether it be wrong comments or whatever it may be and learning through those things. And like I share all the time, conviction is freeing, guilt is oppressive. But you have to play back to realize like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I didn't handle this correctly. Right. Um, I'm going to learn through this today. And that takes engagement for the day of, okay, Lord, you're over my day. And at the end of the day, a playback of what could I have done differently? Yeah. Right. And I think that's the best way to model anything is like, once again, you know, the rules, like this is how the game is supposed to be played. And you speak that often, but then you're not afraid to be self-aware in the right timing because timing is everything. Of okay, let's watch this playback, and right. then let's go in and say, how could I have done things differently the next time? Because yes. marriage is the the only interpersonal relationship your kids will actually have access to before they're an adult, right? Mm. Yeah. Because like you you interact with coworkers all day, maybe you might interact with your friends, but only your kids actually get to see what does it look like to interact with another adult in marriage? Right. And that's yeah. the only safe space really where you can see it grow over a long period of time. And so when they become an adult and they're in the workplace and they're in interpersonal relationships that really matter, they're going to reference you mostly because that was their primary and only 100%. example. 100%. I want to segue into number four before I forget it. And here's why, because um, you said, you know, the rules, mm -hmm. so let's play by them. So here's number four. Um, it's giving them the rules, basically. It's, it's this, provide biblical boundaries. Yes. Okay, so let me yeah. just review where we are. Raising godly children in a godless world. Let your life be the teacher before the world is their classroom. Pray for your children. Model marriage. And here's where we are. Provide biblical boundaries. Okay, so this one, and Rayleigh was so right before we began this, this one deserves its own time of all of them. <laughs> So I want to just mention these, and of course, if you guys have a few seconds to comment, obviously that's appropriate and okay, but let me just share, what, what do we mean by provide biblical boundaries? Okay, you need to start using these words, choices and consequences. Mm -hmm. Yes. I learned that early on from an older gentleman um, at a church we pastored. He said, he said, we've always used these words with our kids, choices and consequences. Cho and his kids were older. They're like my kids' age now. Yes. And I was like, wow, his kids are like super responsible, super respectful. And I'm like, so obviously those two words meant something in their family. Mm. And so we began using those words, choices and consequences. You, you need to learn that. Here's another one. We say provide biblical boundaries. Teach them respect and relationships. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm mentioning this all on the tail of model marriage because, like Rayleigh said, it's it's marriage teaches this to kids, right? So the choices I make towards Raina, Raina towards Ron, Ron and Raina together within a marriage, that has consequences. They're seeing that. Um, how I respect Raina, how Raina respects me, it, it develops their idea of relationships. Let me give you the other one. 
teach them authority and accountability. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one we could just spend at least 15 minutes on alone. Uh, I do yes. want to, I, I am going to, we are going to come back. Like, a, we are going to come back and break this one whole thing down. So I know you're like, give us more. Like, I can hear that because I'm even wanting to say, I want to talk more. But here's the other one from me centered to God centered. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's key. That's very key. So these are the biblical boundaries. Um, I I am going to swiftly move on from that because I want to just save this one um, to just come back to. Now, the root in all of that is discipline. Mm -hmm. So as I'm looking at this and thinking about this, like this really does demand and deserve its own one. Like we need to talk about what is the biblical idea of discipline and what is inappropriate discipline, what is timely discipline. You have to know each child to know how to discipline each child because each one will be different, even though for all of them, you can have a level of discipline. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it okay if I go on the number five? Yes. Yeah. Because I want want to provide biblical boundaries as number four. And number five can be just as easily said. You also need to provide, now listen, teaching and training. Mm -hmm. Two different things, um, but nonetheless, both are asked uh, from the Bible. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child. Ephesians 4 says, bring up or discipline, teach a child. Deuteronomy 6 also says, teach as you shall teach. So we see two different words. We see teaching and training. A lot of times parents spend more time teaching, like thou shalt not, thou shall, Mm -hmm. rather than training. Yes. You got to have both. Um, you know, like my dad, I would ask him all the time watching him do construction. I'm like, how are you so good? And he was always say 30 years of experience. And I would go, well, that doesn't help me. (laughs) I mean, I would really say that it's from that statement. He would say, well, this is where I learned how to do my hand like this or how to hold like this. Then he would begin to train. So he made a teaching statement. But then he demonstrated it in in training. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's yes. like a complete 80-20 where it's like tw- yeah. the 20% is the impact that drives the other, which mm. is the teaching. But 80% of what they're going to learn is the on-the-job training yeah. where you're yes. actually in it, where it's like that goes back to the example earlier where it's like the teaching was you saying things like, okay, in this moment, this voice was the Holy Spirit. This voice was fear. Mm. That is the teaching. But then the actual mm. training is when you were with me in those moments and you were showing me in your own life or you were showing me how to regulate those feelings or identify them. That was the 80% of the training that actually helped me reinforce that 20% teaching. Wow. Right. That's just an example of what Perfect. that actually looks looks like in your in the life of your kids now when they're in each different stage that's going to be a little right. bit different but the 80 20 of 20 percent of the teaching drives the 80 but 80 percent of the time and the investment needs to go toward training yes absolutely so let's let's mention number six and so we have enough time to mention it and then because we're going back to number one really quick here's the last one provide a filter mm before you have to apply a filter. yeah, Meaning, go ahead and prepare, which we said that in number one, go ahead and prepare in advance, think through where they're headed, before you find yourself they're already there. Now I have to kind of come in after the fact and provide a filter. Okay, if you're having to apply a filter last minute, that can feel very constraining to a child, which is what we term as teenage rebellion. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that is a cultural term 
not a biblical principle. The Bible mm-hmm. yeah. never mentions that there's a period when your children have to sow their Ooh. oats or go through rebellion. Yeah. The Bible never mentions that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, some would say we see in the prodigal son, he was much older, he wanted to spend a lot of money. That's two totally different things. Please don't use that verse for that. Okay? So my point is, like, take, for instance, a two-year-old. If you give a two-year-old the entire house to play with, and then they go somewhere and, and play with your razors because you gave them the whole house and they cut themselves, then what are you going to do? Okay, you're done with that. And you put them in their room. That's called prison. Yeah. So you've allowed them this ginormous space, and all of a sudden you just shrunk it down really small. You need to start out with small space mm-hmm. and define what that means. And then as they demonstrate trust, then you increase that space. This mm. is like Jacob and I feel this so hard right now because literally we just <laughs> spent the whole weekend baby proofing the house. Wow. <laughs> um, and it's because all of a sudden Benjamin reached this age where independence he became able i think that's the biggest thing is he became able to do these things and mobile and mobile (laughs) and so like what you had to do is like (laughs) even in the example of the baby you had to literally walk the path that they're about to walk that's the biggest thing so like get down on your hands and knees come on and go where they're going because then you're going to see what the temptations are going to come on and so the same thing is going to be as they get older walk the path whatever get down on your hands and knees go back to 13 go back to 10 go back to 8 Yes. And walk through those things and then say, okay, then look at your child. Like Benjamin is like army crawling right now. So speed is kind of there, but height isn't. So we weren't so worried about height at the moment. So we were like, okay, yeah. set the boundaries for speed. And then we'll like, we'll look at height for that next I phase. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. it's the same thing is going to be applicable. You're always baby proofing. But if you think of it as I'm baby proofing for the sake of giving them the confidence to do what they can do now yes. and feeling like they get these wins under their belt yes. instead of constantly hearing no. That's it. And that's, that's what I difference. was just thinking about is, you know, how we talk about when you're responsible for one crayon, you get to and the confidence level that they have by that. But many times because we are not structured, mm. Uh-oh. we just open up game. For them. Yes. And then they get into situations which they didn't know. No, to the best of their knowledge, because they no clue. we had opened up the boundaries for them. Bam. But I think it goes back to this verse that you have here be alert and of sober mind. Mm. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking yeah. for someone to devour. First yep. Peter 5 8. Now, be alert and of sober mind. We could go several ways with that, but you have to be clear in your strategy each day. Right. If you are self-absorbed Come on. with your own agenda, mm-hmm. Uh-oh. with your own, I'm on Facebook right now. Oh, Uh-oh. the whole team is going out to this place today. I'm going to hang out with all the rest of the parents. Whatever right. that may be, right. you need to think about the the outcome mm. of your responses. Come on. Yeah. Your kids are watching. They are hearing. They are feeling. Yeah. You're not setting boundaries for them now. Of course, as we talked about, you know, in, in our journey, you know, other families may be doing that, but we would say, well, the Smith family doesn't do that. Right. Come on. And you're a unit and that's okay. And we're a yeah. unit and God still gave us fun. And yes, he did. An amazing time. Yes. And honored, 
you know, maybe boundaries that we had. Was it always easy? No. Did we have a lot of tears? Yes. Just because maybe lifestyle choices that we chose weren't exactly maybe what was going on with others. But we knew the outcome of each choice makes a difference. And we have to think strategically. Like you shared the other day, you're like, I knew, I had no idea I had to be so strategic as a parent. Yeah, I wish. Constant. Constant. I think hearing this, um, well understood point seven that was not on the notes is genuinely just remembering that your first strategy as a parent is sacrifice. Mm. Like if you don't remember that, then you're not going to want to be their teacher. You're not going to take the time to pray. You're not going to humble yourself to model your marriage. You're not going to want to set the biblical boundaries. But like if God is our heavenly father and the ultimate parent, then his first thing he ever did was sacrifice by sending his son. And that was the number one strategy. And so before you do anything else, as all of these seven strategies are in order and you're looking at your playing field of, okay, I may be really good at strategy too. Like I'm really good at praying for my kids, but maybe biblical boundaries is lacking. Take a look back at this other strategy of what does my level of sacrifice look like in this moment of decision? Mm. And Lord, give me the grace and the strength to choose that, yeah. right. knowing that the outcome is going to be better because of it. Right. And we're a memory maker and life is going to happen. I mean, there's going to be challenges in life that we cannot make up, whether it be job loss or maybe in-laws living with you or, you know, stress from work. Um we still yeah. have that ability only through Christ to slow down and try to make decisions the best that we can um, right. to realize that we're still on the strategy, you know, stepping forward. I guess. Right. You know what? I'm I'm as I was listening to you guys and just uh, trying to figure out how, how we're going to wrap this up. I'm excited about this because here's what just hit me in all of this, even Rayleigh adding, you know, 0.7 to it, which is spot on. So the questions asked with heaviness, um, should I have children? And then the other question asked is, how do I raise godly children in a godless world? You know what? If if you're doing these things, I mean, is it is it intentional? Is it strategic? Is it is it difficult? Is it challenging? Absolutely. But looking at this, this this brings so much joy in raising your children it when does. you do these things. Yeah. yeah. Oh my right? goodness. It does. So much fun. It has been so much fun. Like you look at it and I get it. You're like this world and this and that, and it's hard. Right. But if you're not following some type of strategy, it's going to be draining and probably yes. not enjoyable. Yeah. But this, the answer is yes, you should have kids. Yes. And yes, you can have kids. And the Bible has called you. Um, to do that. And you can raise godly children in a godless world. Why? Because God said so. And you need to do this. And it's fun. It is fun. Mm-hmm. It really is. And God is the God of all time. God of all time. And no matter what the story, I mean, yeah. we are to live until Christ return. Right. We are to live Be fruitful and multiply. ready for that. Yes. And does God know the day, the hour, the struggle that you're going through? Either God is God or God is not. And God right. is good. I think we kind he of we remember he's in control, right. but he is good. And he's a yes. really good and fun parent. Yeah. You know yes. what? I, I'm a, the, the Nahum chapter one, verse seven. Like, How often do you quote Nahum, right? <laughs> um, I, was say, I, was like, I, I thought you were joking. I was like, wait, is that the book of the Bible? I had yeah. to sing the song oh, super fast. I'm oh, not going to lie. Funny. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I, that, that is a kind of a depressing book. He's a prophet that has to come in and just speak 
heavy, bad news. Mm. But right there in verse 7, it says, God is good. Mm. Right there in that verse. And then it says, basically, be faithful. He has blessed you. So in the midst of all this blah, right there it is. God is good. So right there it is. Yes, we live in a world that is not healthy. We know that. That is not a reason to not have kids. You should have kids. The Bible yes. says, be fruitful and multiply. One of the my statements I love about Abraham the most is it says, and his family followed him. Yeah. Like, I want more people going up in the rapture with me, you know, that are my family than just me here on earth alone. Does that make sense? You yes. know what I mean? Like, come on, let's have families. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to close this out, Raina, with a laugh from Uh-oh. you. Do you remember when we had a goal in Sunday school? To hit 200. <laughs> yes. And yes, I said Sunday school. And we had 199. Yes, I You know I where do. I'm going? I do. What? We had 199. Exactly. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. And then all of a sudden, a dad, a grandfather to be, comes yes. up to me and goes, Do you believe in pro life? And I'm like, Absolutely. And he goes, My daughter's pregnant. That's a baby. Like, we hit 200. <laughs> and I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I embarrassed the mess out of Raina because I stood up and announced to the church we hit 200. And then I said, <laughs> go home and get busy. <laughs> I did. I told oh, him, go home and get busy. I about died. I think I was sitting in the choir loft and I'm like, you were. did he? Just say that, especially in the time that you guys did, because it was like on the edge of conservative. And so, oh, they're yeah. like, edge of conservative? What are you talking about? My <laughs> pearls were choking me yeah. that I would wear with my yeah. little suits and my pantyhose. So, oh my goodness! Yes, have children. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! And grow the Sunday school. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we have gone a little bit longer than. A time that we, you know, had desired um, for busy moms and busy dads, but that's okay. This was good stuff. Each one of these points, we're going to come back and revisit. We want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Raina Wright. Don't we say thank you, guys? Yes, thank you so much for being with us and yes. just going on this journey of life with us. Yes, yes, yes. Rayleigh, thank you for being here, and Jacob, thank you for being here for all the points, and we love it. We love it. We are signing off of Encourage Radio. Thanks for gathering around the family radio to know how to develop and grow a godly family in a godless world. We love you guys. We're praying for you guys. We're on the same journey with you and together. Have a blessed day and a blessed week.